turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Morning and welcome to the Bob France Authority. As you can tell, this is not Bob France this morning. This is Rob Walgate sitting in the chair for Bob. He will be back with you this morning, but he invited me to fill in this chair, and it's a big chair to fill, but I am looking forward to it today, spending some time with Samuel and all of all of Bob's listeners. Um, there's so much to talk about, so much to dive into. I'm quite honestly not sure exactly where we're going to start. You know, When I have the opportunity to sit in for Bob and, and I sit at home and I'll be doing show prep, uh, it's kind of like I get some pep talks from members of my family, although they're not always the most encouraging pep talks. Uh, they're kind of like warnings. Uh, my son always tells me, Dad, don't be boring. Please don't be boring. No one wants to listen to you ramble. So I'm I'm trying to keep that in mind. My wife gave me a lecture before I left this morning. Don't tell jokes. No dad jokes, Rob. Don't don't go there. No one wants to listen to you. I don't tell dad jokes. I tell funny jokes. I I don't know why Rachel thinks that that they're dad jokes. So, um, but hey, maybe we'll get to some of those. Maybe we won't. Um, Very uh, excited to be with all of you today. Looking forward to talking with all of you. The phone lines are open. We want to talk about what you would like to talk about. That number is 216-901-0945. But I wanted to jump in today to something that's uh, been in the headlines because today is the first day in the state of Ohio where medical marijuana is accessible. There will be lines in a number of places for people to get their their medicine, their bud, their flower, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it is medicinal marijuana. And I want to talk about how we got to this point, how, how did this happen? How did not saying being for or against, I'm just saying that it's interesting in states all across the country that you're seeing places pop up to buy either medicinal or recreational marijuana when technically this is still a schedule one drug. And from a federal perspective, this is illegal. Marijuana is still illegal from a federal perspective. So the big question that we'll eventually get to and talk about is if that is the case, then who has the ability to pick and choose which laws we are or we aren't going to follow as individual states? Which federal laws? Do we have the ability to ignore them? Do our state lawmakers have the ability to disregard them? Does the president and the attorney general have the ability to decide which laws they will and will not prosecute that are on the books. Because isn't that what's taking place? Again, it doesn't matter if you're for or against medicinal marijuana. If you're for or against recreational marijuana, I can tell you right now, um, I would be against recreational marijuana coming to the state of Ohio. I I would be against that. But if you're for it and you say, oh, relax, it's okay medicinally and recreationally, okay, fine, I'm willing to hear that out. But let me ask the question, what are we going to do about it when it comes to other federal laws you don't agree with or an elected official doesn't agree with? Do we just ignore those as well? Who has that authority? And let's remember how we got here in the state of Ohio. We got to this point when it comes to 
medicinal marijuana because lawmakers in Columbus buckled. They got scared. That, that's the bottom line. They got scared, and what they did is they passed legislation that would allow for medicinal marijuana because they saw the recreational folks were preparing to go to the ballot. They were preparing to go to the ballot a few years ago, to, and they were doing it on a campaign that would talk about medicinal marijuana. They were going to do it on a campaign to where they would show sick people. They would show children in wheelchairs. They would show children having seizures. They would show all of these things where they would claim medicinal marijuana could help, but then tucked in there, they would have a way for them to sell recreational marijuana as well. So the lawmakers said, we need to do something. And what they did is they passed a law that allows for medicinal marijuana to, to have processing plants, to have dispensaries. You need to, you need to have it from a, the licensed doctors that are only allowed to, um, to prescribe the medicinal marijuana. So you have to have a prescription from one of those to go to one of these places to purchase it. I know uh, quantities will not be in great supply here in the beginning of the process. So there's going to be a lot of people coming from around the state, different places to see doctors to say, hey, I I need this. But one of the things I think we should discuss and talk about, again, it's illegal from a federal perspective still. That's why you see a number of banks that still won't deal with people that have marijuana businesses in numerous states because there's states all over the country where it's allowed medicinally and recreationally. But there's banks that won't deal with There's insurance companies that don't want to touch it because how do you do business with something that is still technically illegal? I know that was one of the questions we saw the the um, uh, we saw Bill Barr who has been nominated for Attorney General of the United States who previously served as Attorney General in the early nineties under George H W Bush um, he he's up for uh, Attorney General. Again, he's been nominated, and he's going through that process in front of the Senate committee yesterday, and that was one of the questions he was asked regarding it. And He kind of said he would go along with the Cole memo, and that was a memo from the Obama administration um, from the Attorney General's office that said they would not, they would let states decide. They would leave it up to the states on how they wanted to handle it, and they wouldn't go after those states who decided they wanted to do it based on recreation or medicinal. But again, I asked the question, as the attorney general or as lawmakers across in the state of Ohio that now have opened the door for medicinal marijuana, what other federal laws are we allowed to pick and choose that, that we can ignore? Uh, there's a process to get this change from a Schedule One drug, and I know that Congress has talked about it, and of course in today's political world, um, Democrats and Republicans, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure that they agree that today is Wednesday. So that getting them to pass um, a piece of legislation that, the, that that someone in the other party won't use against them or someone in their own party won't use against them when they try to primary folks, uh, especially when it comes to running for Congress, I think there's that fear out there. I think there, there's they don't know what to do or how to do it, so they're just turning a blind eye and doing nothing when it, when it comes to that. So um, that's a question I have for all of you. Should... Should we allow things to happen that, from a federal perspective, are illegal? I mean, they are illegal. And, and let's let's get rid of this myth, too. Let's get rid of this myth, too, that people that are smoking weed recreationally are sitting in prison. They're going to jail. Listen, listen. No one is going to jail 
for having a little bit of weed on them. It's it, that, That's not reality. That's not happening. Now, if you have a pound or two in the trunk and you're going around and selling it, yeah, you're going to get in trouble for distribution. You're going to get in trouble for selling drugs. But to think that you're going to have a little bit of marijuana on you or you have a grow a small plant in the backyard for personal consumption, you're, you're not in trouble. If you got stopped, say you got stopped by a police officer and they they had they saw something in your car to have reasonable cause to search you and they search you or you give them consent to search you and they find marijuana on you enough marijuana to roll maybe 100 150 personal joints you're not going to jail not in the state of ohio it's a misdemeanor it's like you got a traffic ticket so that lie that you hear everyone say well there's a lot of people rotting in jail that just like to smoke a little bit of weed every now and again. That, that's not the facts. That's, that's been the problem with all this. And quite frankly, it's been the problem with a lot of political issues of the day. Many people want to ignore the facts. They want to ignore what the law is. They want to ignore um, what's, I don't want to use the term what's reasonable because I, I, words matter and laws matter. And I think it's up to us to put people in elected office that are going to obey those laws. And when it comes to the discussion of marijuana, I just do not understand from a state perspective how state lawmakers can give an endorsement to something that's illegal at the federal level. And again, I know they're going to say, well, look, everyone else is doing it. Was that a good enough excuse for your children? Everyone else is doing it. Seems to be okay. Everyone else is doing it. Again, if you want it, then there is a process. There is a process where the law can be changed. And, and I think, I think that. So we have some folks calling in 216-901-0945. We're going to go to Jim in West Park this morning. Um, if I can work the phones without breaking them, let's see if I can do that. Samuel, Jim on line one. Yes, I got you now. Okay, thanks, Jim. Good morning. Welcome to the Bob France Authority. Yes, uh, I I was listening to another program on the Clear Channel Afternoon Drive, and the guy had a special on medical marijuana, and this guy was a doctor, and he prescribed 90% of the marijuana, medical marijuana in the state of Florida, and he was trying to get the, uh, the okie-dokie to do it here. Oh, there's a license that he's got to go. He's a medical doctor. But he was saying that uh, <clears throat> the the real medical marijuana has got cannabinol in it. It does not have any THC in it. It doesn't get you high, okay? And so it's all the, the stuff with the THC, they make it much, much more potent now. And it, it, it causes you... Um, schizophrenia, and uh, a, a whole lot of real bad side effects, uh, yeah, paranoia. The t- yes, yes, there's a number of things that can be in there and, and do that. Okay. The, 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 the problem is, again, from a federal perspective, that's still illegal. Uh, well, um, there's a book out. It's called Tell Your Children, and it's by Alex Berenson. And it's a good book. I'm about halfway through it. It's very, very scary of this potent drug 
that we don't need out there. It's much more stronger. I heard that they're working on a GMO marijuana now that would cause you to be sterile. So uh, there's all kind of you know conspiracy well, things going on. But I, I just wanted to share that with you. No, I, I don't want to argue with you. I'm just letting you know what I know about it. No, I, I appreciate. Thank you very much, Bob. Th- thanks, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Um, and, and thanks for calling in. And I, I, no, I don't. I'm happy to have the discussion about it, not to argue about. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority. Rob Walgate filling in this morning for Bob France and me and Samuel just trying to stay alive, right, Samuel? Just just living the dream. Living the dream, L- yes. Living the dream as we get in here and um, the phone lines are lighting up as we talked about today being day number one in Ohio. Uh, for dispensaries being open for people with a prescription and the ability to go and get a prescription for medicinal marijuana. And my thought on that is I, I just don't understand how lawmakers, I don't understand how people around the country um, are, aren't coming to the conclusion and the realization that it's still illegal federally under a federal law. And if you agree with this, which is fine, but what happens when someone in authority or a lawmaker disregards another federal law or says we're not going to prosecute that federal law because just because we don't like it and you don't agree with that, what what ground are you going to stand on? You're not going to stand on the rule of law because you've already chosen in this instance that you want to disregard it. And there's another thing that applies when it comes to this rule of law. And we have a caller. We have Brian from Cleveland calling in and um Brian, welcome to the program. I know he wants to talk about something that, that I was going to bring up, and, and here it is on the call screen. So, Brian, welcome to the Bob France Authority. Good morning, Rob. How are you this morning, my friend? Great. Good. Hey, um, two things real quick. The uh, I was told, and I'm not quite sure, so I don't want to speak misrepresented, but there's legislation going across the Ohio Senate floor that is going to render your concealed carry permit nil and void if you carry a medical marijuana certificate or a prescription, well, there, and there, also there's there, also, Brian. There one are, thing, one thing, real quick. Right that, ahead, I'm sorry. One thing, real quick, is there is there is major concern because if you're carrying a firearm and you have a Schedule One drug with you, that opens up another big problem. Even if you're licensed to oh, carry that gun, Ohio it, is zero tolerance. Yeah, if you're licensed to carry the gun, which many in the great state of Ohio are, and um, I think many more should use that right. Um, to have their concealed carry permit, and you're caught with a Schedule One drug, you have some additional problems on your hand. I don't care what state law says. So that was your first point. Exactly. Well said. Go ahead, Brian. The second one was uh, your uh, truck drivers, your uh, commercial driver's license, your CDLs. That's actually a federal driver's license, whether or not it's issued by an individual state. And therefore, with marijuana being federally illegal, you being a truck driver carrying a CDL, if you get caught with marijuana, you're done. It, it's big ramifications because you hold a federal driver's license. Great point. Great point, Brian. Thank you for the calls this morning. You know, there's a lot of questions to be answered when it comes to this. And we think about truck drivers. We think about other people that are traveling to different states. What happens when you, I mean, again, it's a Schedule One drug from a federal perspective and it's illegal. But what happens um, when you're in the state of Ohio, you get that prescription and you decide you're going on vacation or you decide that you're going to another state for work and that's your medication and you need it, but that's not permitted in that state. What, 
what questions are going to be answered then? What's going to be your line of defense? Your line of defense is not going to be, well, lawmakers in Ohio said I could do this. Well, that, that's wonderful and that's great, but you're in another state, number one. And number two, once again, I hate to harp on this, but I, I, I know I'm going to pull the thread until it fully unravels, is from a federal perspective, the law needs to change. Everyone went about this the wrong way. And I know there's people around the country that are saying, well, they should have stopped people putting people in jail for smoking a little bit of weed. Show me three places where that's happened. Show me three places in the state of Ohio where that's happened. Because we've been in the process of decriminalizing the possession of marijuana for roughly 30 years. There's not that much of a penalty. It's like a parking ticket. That's all it is. Again, if you've got a garbage bag full in your trunk and you're selling it, you have other issues. But if you are just using it for personal consumption, if you just have a little bit on you, no one's bothering you. You're not going to jail. It may not mean if you're you're using it every day, all day, you may be struggling to hold down a job. It may not be the best life choices that you want to make. But from a legal perspective, there's no one there um, to say that. So, again, Rob Walgate filling in for on the Bob France Authority, sitting in Bob's chair today, a lot of pressure, trying not to spill the coffee everywhere. It, it spilled it all over me on the way in, so I think the microphones, the computers, and the phone lines are safe from that. It's all empty and it's all gone. So 216-901-0945. If you're on hold, stay there. We will get to your calls after the break. They got a lot of nice girls. Come. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority. Rob Walgate in the chair this morning, filling in for Bob. He he will be back with all of you tomorrow. The discussion so far this morning has been on marijuana, medicinal marijuana, recreational marijuana. Again today, um, at least for the past roughly thirty minutes, Ohio dispensaries have been open for business. If you have a prescription. And um, from someone that is licensed to prescribe medical marijuana, you can get that you can get that prescription filled today. You can um, get some weed that you're able to use for your ailments and maladies and and whatever you need it for. Um, you're able to do that. But again, when you are doing that, technically you are breaking federal law. So something something needs to give and something needs to change. This morning, it's all about the rule of law. Let's go to TJ on hold from Cleveland. Good morning, TJ. How are you? Morning, Rob. You know, before I make my point, I'd like to make one point here. The hypocrisy of the federal government. (laughs) You know, they're raking the dough in in, uh, federal income tax from places like Colorado. They got no problem collecting income tax from these uh, marijuana stores and stuff. You know, they're saying it's illegal, but show me the money and I'll look the other way. But one point I'd like to bring out, Rob. Now, I don't have any dog in this race. I don't use marijuana. I don't use alcohol. Uh, I 
used a lot of stuff in the past, but it's been a long time. The only drugs I use now is caffeine and nicotine. <laughs> but uh, I read an interesting article about a month ago from the World Health Organization, and they listed the most dangerous drug in the world. And, you know, who might think marijuana, heroin? You know, it's not. It's alcohol. Right. Oh, what, When it comes to disease, yes. uh, uh, people's lives, it's alcohol. Yes. Now, we have people that get on their soapbox, they get on your show, uh, they'll be pickled most of the time, and then they're going to talk about the evils of marijuana. You know, I, to me, it's just it's a lot of no, hypocrisy. I, I, uh, I hear you. I hear you, TJ, and thank you. Thank you for the call and bringing that up, and it reminds me of a story um, of an interview that I got to do, you know, in my... I guess we could call it in my day job of working for the American Policy Roundtable and the Public Square Radio Network. Um, I've had the opportunity to travel around and do a number of different things um, on the Public Square Radio program. And one of the interviews that always sticks with me that I did was traveling to Dallas, Texas, and the national headquarters of Mothers Against Drunk Driving and sitting at that time with their president, Colleen Sheehy Church, and doing an interview with her. And that's available at the archives of thepublicsquare.com. But talking to her, who she had lost a child. That's the thing about Mothers Against Drunk Driving is is the, the person that becomes the president, the mom that becomes the president, has a personal tie-in. And it it's almost always a tragic tie-in. Um, they've lost someone they love and deeply care about. And I remember sitting with her and hearing the stories. Um, and TJ's right. Alcohol destroys lives in this country every second of every day. There's no doubt about that. We abuse that as an, as a culture more than anything. And it's terrible to see. But Mothers Against Drunk Driving, they understand the dangers of drug abuse and drug driving. And that's why a few years ago, they changed their um, mission statement back to include drugged driving as well because they understand the harmful impact and effects it has on people. If you want to visit thepublicsquare.com, you can look through the archives. You can find that interview uh, that we, we air every year on the public square at the beginning of the year with the president of MAD, Colleen Sheehy Church, um, she tells a story, and it's an amazing. The stats that she rambles off and gives uh, just blow your mind with the amount of impaired people that we share the road with on a daily basis. It 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 should scare us. And now, when we add additional recreational marijuana in some of these other states, uh, the unfortunate part is that number is going to go up. We're going to go to line one, Tony in South Euclid. Tony, good morning. Thank you for holding. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Tony from South Euclid. Listen, I, I advertise myself all the time that I have a master troubleshooter. I am a master troubleshooter. Anybody could be a master troubleshooter. Okay, this is a big problem. I call and I put my two cents in on these shows for solution. This is going to be a tough solution. It's a very simple solution. We just need to reverse the law. But saying that, it's not okay for this marijuana Let me ask you a question, laws. Tony. Let me ask you a question real quick. Sure. Which law do we need to reverse? Are you saying we need to change the federal law to become not a Schedule One drug, or we need to change the state law? 
Well, apparently, yeah, it's a state. It's a state law. Federal law doesn't allow it. We need to follow through on our federal laws, but right, right now, I guess state law takes precedence. No state we law. Need well, to re- it, 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 no. Well, sta- I mean, it's taking precedence as as somehow because they're using. I know they're ignoring the, federal the, law. The, the whole legit. They're ignoring it. Exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, this is not okay. This is going to cause a big problem. This does cause schizophrenia. It's an addiction. Although people don't want to say it's an addiction, um, listen. You lose your sense of reasoning anytime you do drugs. How are you going to work with these people? Okay, are these people going to be able to work? They can't work. They can't be employed. How are they going to drive? And what are you teaching your kids? Now you're telling me that you're going to be able to function. How many times have you heard it uh, in the '80s, '90s when when pot smoking? Well, I guess it's no different now. Uh, but you heard the word spaced out. I spaced this out. Well, yeah, you do. You forget things. This is a big, big problem, and it's going to be a bigger problem. And bottom line is, yeah, it's about the money. It's all about the money. That's why they're doing this. And it's a shame. It's a shame the way our politicians are allowing this. It's just a shame that the people are allow- allowing it. I go into bars, okay, and I have a beer. I don't have a problem with alcohol. I have no DUIs. I don't have a problem. I can have a beer and I can stop. These people can't. I smell marijuana all the time in these bars. They go out and they smoke, and I can smell marijuana. They're smoking the damn stuff inside the uh, those uh, jewel things inside the the bars. Yeah. This is a problem. Yeah, and now it, you have gun holders that are smoking marijuana. You tell me these people that that uh, that uh, carry uh, CCW or or open carry. You tell me how many people are are. Uh, 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 pot smokers, there's a lot of them. This is a very, very serious problem, and we need to look at this, and we need to contact, excuse me, our politicians and get this thing reversed. Well, we, we thank no, you. thank you, Tony. Thank you for the call. We do. We there's There's things that need to be done, and again, I want to focus on the aspect of it's regarding the rule of law. And remember, the lawmakers in Ohio did this. They put this statute on the books because they were afraid the recreational folks were coming in and they were going to sell that on the aspect of doing it from a medicinal perspective. So, and state lawmakers, I guess, looked around and said, hey, everyone else is doing it. Why not us? And (laughs) I just scratched my head. And that's not how leaders lead. Leaders don't lead by saying, well, look what so-and-so is doing. We should do it, even though it's wrong, but they're doing it. That's not how leaders lead. And in this country and in this state and in all of our communities, we need leaders. I'm going to go to line two, BJ in North Olmstead. BJ, thanks for holding. Thank you. I'd like to bring a different perspective to your program today, and one is that we are an overlawed nation. I am very strongly for term limits for that. I'd rather see regular people being in, in, in office and making social decisions. Much of our political system is run by the legal profession, attorneys. You look in the yellow pages, you'll see more attorneys than you will see contractors for building homes. But from the day of Valium and all these other drugs, drug companies are the biggest pushers of drugs. And and this marijuana that's been legalized is going to end up being handled by physicians shortly. And they'll be pushing it in different forms. We are an addictive nation. We have been for many, many years. I remember when women were taking Valium back in the 70s. And then finally that kind of went off the market when people realized what it was doing to a lot of women in their daily behavior. But we're going through a social revolution in our country right now, and I think people are very aware, even your callers that have called in. 
But we speak too much of the rule of law, and we have to understand that it is people, men and women, who make these laws. These laws do not come from some spiritual element and fall and drop on us and say, these are your laws you're going to go by. We sure as hell didn't follow 12 of them. Uh, well, I, well, BJ, I would, I, I, I would, <laughs> well, I, I think the rule of law is extremely important, and, and your statement that you made kind of reminds me of a statement that Beto O'Rourke made uh, in the past few days where he talked about looking at the founding of the country, and that was 230 years ago, and do we need to do that? When you read the founders, when you read the, the how the country was started, when you read the Constitution, when you read the Declaration, when you read the Federalist Papers, I don't think there's any doubt that they look to divine authority to help guide those principles that, they did, yes. that, that made those laws. And I think it's Correct. up to us. I mean, where where does the rule of law come come from? We the people. That's where Correct. it comes from. Yeah. It's, it, Absolutely uh, yeah, correct. Yes, it's we the people. And the problem with people is sometimes people make bad decisions when they are put into elected authority over one of us. And, and, and what we have to do, in my opinion, is get rid of those people, and we do have to change the law. I'm not saying every law is going to be set in stone forever and ever and ever. When there's bad laws, let's change them. Let's get rid of them. Um, but but I, many, of the, many of the laws are based on the ability to litigate. Now, if I said that only only construction people can do a handyman work and work on your homes, you are not permitted to work on your own home because it is illegal and you will be breaking laws and you're not going to be meeting uh, certain uh, standards by the cities. That's promoting the construction business, and that's well, that's what uh, that's what's happened with the the lawing industry. Yeah. They have promoted their own means, and when they put up all these legislations, you can be sued. You have to get someone to defend you. What I'm trying to point out is that's why we need term limits, so we have a change, a constant change. Well, the the original laws that were written for this country to to to, to uh, give people their rights was for freedom. It was not to hold them in bondage because of all kinds of laws that you can or cannot do this. I, I know I agree. we need laws. I, no, no, BJ, I, I agree. Thank you for the phone call. I agree two things. I, I agree with the, a number of points that you made and, and two things I'll add to that. Number one is term limits. Um, the American Policy Roundtable, the Ohio Roundtable, at the time in the early 90s was the organization that led in the state of Ohio as well as a number of other states to get term limits put in place to get it on the ballot in front of Ohio voters to allow them the opportunity to have a say. We want our politicians to be limited in, in what, what they will in the amount of time that they will serve. So that's been put in place. Now we did that for congressional representatives as well, but it went to the court and the court said that you can't do that. My question now with the changing of the guard, if you will, on the Supreme Court. It will be interesting if someone else takes that case and runs back up the ladder and tries to take that back to the Supreme Court because I think the Supreme Court today may have a different view and may say, yeah, yeah, the people can limit the terms of the people they want to put into office. That's number one. Number two, you talked about making it illegal, Well, you know, talking about only uh, licensed or certified people can work on due construction on your home. Well, let's rewind and go back to the 90s. Let's go back to the health care discussion when Bill Clinton was president of the United States. And if you remember, they they wanted socialized medicine then, and it was called Hillary, Hillary Care. Hillary was one of the ones that came up with it. It was her idea. It was going to be 
what she wanted to run with, what her project, if you will. And I have a copy of Hillary Care at our office. Um, I may have permanently borrowed it from Dave Zanotti, my boss. Um, but we have a copy of that at our office. And when you look at that, you want to talk about something being illegal. It was going to be illegal to practice medicine, not just practice, but give medicinal advice or diagnose outside the framework of the government entity. Therefore, you had to go to that government doc. That's what they wanted. They wanted it to be the only way to do it was their way. So you imagine having a son or a daughter, someone in the medical profession, and they would have been giving you medical advice or taking a look at you over Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, and you're telling them the ailments you have. And Technically, they would have been breaking the law underneath under Hillary Care and what was proposed in the 90s. That was over 20-some years ago. How 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 concerning is that? Because some people feel that same way today. We're going to go to line one. We're going to go to Andrew, first-time caller. Um, good morning, Andrew. Thanks for calling the Bob France Authority. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just want to give a different perspective as well on the issue. One of the things you mentioned was mothers against drug driving having a unique understanding of the dangers of drug driving. And I just wanted to say, especially specific to marijuana, if you look at some of the NIH studies, it's pretty commonly accepted that the risk of driving associated with marijuana intoxication is pretty minimal and nowhere in the same league as alcohol. The reason we have such strong penalties on DUI, or we give DUIs and have such strong penalties on driving and drinking alcohol is because there's clear evidence to show that people who drink and drive get in a much higher percentage of accidents, a much higher percentage well, of deadly accidents. Well, Andrew, I'm, I'm going to point you to two things, and thank you for the call. I'm going to point you to two things because we're coming up to a break. Number one is um, marijuana is much tougher to test for when it comes to people having accidents in the authorities having a say in what was in their system. It stays with you a bit longer. It's much tougher to test for. And number two, look at the state of Colorado. In Colorado, when there's people that are impaired and wrecked, many times they have marijuana and alcohol both in their system. They don't even bother testing for the marijuana to see if they're high because they have the alcohol in the system. And the marijuana test becomes so expensive, so burdensome, that they kind of go hand in hand. So I would encourage you to look at those places where it has been legal from a recreational perspective and to see what is happening there and what law enforcement thinks about it. And when it comes to listening to the the people from Mothers Against Drunk Driving, you know, I take their opinion and I listen to them because they've lived it firsthand. They've lived that tragedy. So uh, you're listening to the Bob France Authority. Rob Walgate filling in. We'll be taking a turn as we head past uh, the top of the hour, and we're going to talk about 2020 and what lies ahead. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority. Rob Walgate with you today, filling in for Bob. He'll be back with all of you tomorrow. And uh, we've had a fun first hour thus far. 
uh, conversation went a little longer on the issue of marijuana, medicinal marijuana, today being the first day that Ohioans have the ability to get a to have a prescription filled for medicinal marijuana, and that's happening at multiple places around the state. And we talked about the rule of law, and for me that's one thing that will always remain important is, um, is the rule of law. And we live in a country where we're blessed to have a system in place. And we live in a state, quite frankly, where we're blessed, where we have a say in what our laws are. You see, in Ohio, we have the ability to amend our own constitution. We have the ability to um, get rid of laws, to add laws when it comes to statute or constitutional amendments. And there's one thing I want to keep all of you aware of as we head to 2019. I know I talked after the top of the hour, we're going to dive into 2020 and some of the things that lie ahead and um, maybe the primary process, the electoral, a lot of, a lot of fun things to talk about. But um, when it comes to us in Ohio, we have the ability through petitions to change our constitution. If there's a law that you want to see changed, all you have to do is you have to get the language drafted um, you, you submit it to the attorney general. He determines whether it's uh, a fair and reasonable uh, assumption. The language makes sense and describes what you're trying to do. And you do that with a thousand signatures. And then after you do that process, that it doesn't become law. Not that, not that easy. Then you have to go out and you have to get signatures to have it put on the ballot. Um, and to do it, you, you have to, gather roughly um you know a percentage of voters people that participated in the last gubernatorial election you have to do it spread out over um 40 some of the 88 counties it's a long expensive process it's not easily done when it comes to citizens doing it um it's happened 76 times since 1914 citizens in the state of ohio 76 times have attempted to amend the constitution um, some recent ones you may think about is issue one that was just on the ballot. They attempted that through a citizen initiative. You can think of um, the constitutional amendment that dealt with gambling in 2009. That was done through a citizen initiative. So 76 times people have tried. Only 20 have passed. What that tells me is Ohioans see through things and are a good judge when it comes to what laws they want and don't want passed, when it comes to what people put on the ballot. But what concerns me is a joint resolution, and what that is, that's a constitutional amendment that the lawmakers can put on the ballot to change our Constitution. And it it popped up in the last General Assembly, and it's going to pop up in this General Assembly. They're going to attempt to make a change that to amend the Ohio Constitution, you will always need 60% of the vote. 60%. I'm not for that. That scares me. It concerns me. It creates a lot of problems. What else in this country do we need when it comes to a vote of the people, 60% to do? This is going to give too much protection and cover to the lawmakers, elected officials in Columbus. What about constitutional amendments that have been passed with only 50% of the vote? Now we're going to need 60% to take those off the books because we've passed some bad ones. We have. There's some bad language in the Constitution. If we want to change that, we'd need 60% of the vote? No. I don't like that. It's not going to help in the process. Would lo- Let me ask a question for lawmakers. How many lawmakers would say they wouldn't serve, they wouldn't be willing to serve unless they got 60% of the vote? 
So I hope all the lawmakers in Columbus that are considering this, that are thinking about this, would ask themselves the question, do we really want to make it that difficult for Ohioans to have a say in their own laws? You're listening to the Bob France Authority, Rob Walgate filling in. AM 1420, The Answer, WHK, Cleveland, a service of Salem Communications, NASDAQ at SALM, AM 1420, The Answer.